going on, everybody? This is the ChondroCast, the podcast for green tree pythons and the people that keep them. I'm your host, Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. Enjoy the show. Then even now I use the rain chamber. It helps a lot. Yeah. But I've been talking with Harlan and a few other people. Did he even just, I'll feed her one meal and she'll get bloated within like that's, a few days. Yeah. That's like, it'll strange. It's weird. Did yeah, you get any so, of his supplement? I, or it's on its way. Oh, nice. So, nice. so what our guess is, is there's something up off in her micro gut biome. Right. Where she's not just processing food. Because, I mean, it'll get to the point where you can see, like, the skin between cells, I mean, uh, between scales in mm-hmm. her, like, lower third, like, right by her tail. And you're like, and it's one meal now. Like, feed her one meal and it happens in, like, a week. Even with and... smaller meals? What? I said even with smaller meals? Pretty small meals. I mean, she's three years old. She can, she should be able to eat hoppers, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, they're not, they're not huge for her, but they're definitely not, like, tiny, but... I'm going to try to, we're going to try to hit her with some like a flagell, follow up with that supplement and a little bit of probiotics. Yeah. A little nervous because I've never done that before, but I hope it works. Cool little science experiment. Yeah. Of course, it's my favorite snake, but. Right. (laughs) That's how life goes. Naturally, it's going to be, you know, if if anything goes wrong, it's going to be with that. Yeah. But, uh, But, no. That's her glory. Yep. For it. What's that? There's that quote from Fight Club I use a lot when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's uh, he's talking about people not wanting to try things, and he talked about being like the first chimp shot into space. And I, I don't know. I always think about that whenever it comes down to that. Like I'm gonna try it. I don't oh. know if it's gonna work, but I'm gonna try it, and you're gonna be the first chimp shot into space. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, well, I was waiting for the quote, but that's just the quote. The first chimp yeah. in space. First, <laughs> you like gotta the, be like the, the first chimp. Like the first chimp shot in the space. Yeah, they gotta do it. Yep. Someone's got to. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, so I, are we starting now? Are you recording yeah, now? yeah. I hit the I hit the record button about two minutes ago just to kind of oh. start it off. <laughs> okay. Figured it's probably easier just to. It's like getting a shot. If I just don't tell you when it's coming, you don't have to. Yeah. Have to worry about yeah. it, but. Welcome everybody. This is episode one of the Chondrocast, the podcast for green tree pythons and the people who keep them. And our inaugural episode is with my boy Luke Myers. Woo! Pretty excited. This is a little project I've been kind of tossing around the idea of now for a couple weeks. It was originally supposed to be me and Mark uh, Hager, I think is how you say his last name. Um... But he, you know, we originally planned on it being kind of how Joe and Melissa do their podcast where we just do like a live stream, but Mark doesn't think he has the bandwidth to be able to pull that off. And so he just said, you know, go ahead and do it however you want to do it. And so here we are. I have the time to do it. This is going to be its own sort of thing away from the Herpeticulture podcast. Just because, you know, there's so many cool people in the Chondro community and there's not enough, you know, really there's good information out there but there's not enough sort of there, there needs to be more resources and you know you have bill and buddy who do the gtp keeper radio 
And I actually talked about to Bill about this before I started doing it to make sure it was cool and I wasn't stepping on any toes. And he said, "Go for it, and I'll get him on here eventually." Uh, I got a whole mm-hmm. I got a whole hit list of people to talk to, but we're just here to kick back and talk about some chondros, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I listened to that uh, that episode earlier today with them, Marshall and Gary, mm-hmm. and I felt like a complete noob. <laughs> I was like. I know nothing, <laughs> but that was a great episode. That was some good stuff. Yeah, I listened to that over the weekend while I was cleaning cages and stuff. Oh yeah, that was a good one. There's some uh, good little nuggets of info in there. Very. There always is, and it's just, I guess. I mean, I'm not. I don't. You know, I'm not doing this show to try and compete with them or anything like that. It was just one of those things. Like, I wish that show. Like, they. I wish they. They put out more, and so I was like, you know, maybe I can help fill a gap, and kind of, yeah. you know, do one and. Obviously, you know, I, I as a disclaimer, because I don't want anybody to think that I'm doing this show because I know, you know, I, I know everything about condos. I totally don't. I've only been keeping them realistically for going on two years now. Um, so, I mean, I, there's there's way more people out there that know more than I that, you know, are way better at keeping these things than I. It's just one of those things like I love the species so much. Uh, I notice there's not a ton of, of really good sort of I don't I don't know how to explain it. There needs to be more content out there about the species, and so I have the resources to do another podcast. I know how to do it. It's easy to do. Gonna make it happen. So doing yeah, it for I the know, I mean, doing it for the betterment of the uh, the chondro community. I hope. <laughs> Woo! There we go. Because yeah, that's no, what it's all I about. Mean, there is never enough chondro content. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> the more out there, the better. That's how I feel. You know. Well, that's what you know. That's why I talked to you about it. Because at first I was like, you know, I really don't know that I can continue like make it something sustainable because it's like well how how many different ways can you skin a cat you know how many different ways like what there's not that much diverse information about chondros and stuff so it's like is it really just going to be every episode me asking everybody the same questions and getting kind of the same answers but after talking to you and i talked to justin wilbanks a little bit and i talked to harlan and harlan was like man do it you know we need it i was like okay then that yeah it can't hurt that's what i'll do i got the time why not (laughs) yep cool so how are they going how's that female going good hopefully i'll be uh having an ovulation here soon um got some follicular development uh back on like the 28th of december it's the 16th of january right now so i'm hoping within the next two weeks maybe we'll see on dude right on it's nerve-wracking awesome. i need to get a sim container and they're out of stock on the extra larges of course and so i messaged them and was like when are y'all gonna get more in they're like talk to us in a month and i was like okay so. <laughs> <clears throat> come on just go go maternal I, you know i'm really thinking about it <laughs> oh are you yeah cool i talked to uh i messaged i talked to harlan about it a little bit i talked to justin julander about it because you know he wrote the book and stuff with terry phillip and I said, well, if anybody's going to know, you know, as far as maternal goes, as far as the numbers and stuff, it'll be Jewlander. And he said, you know, with the mixed results everyone's gotten, he says the only issue is, is is there's not enough people who are willing to try it. You know, everyone's so scared to do it and lose their female that no one really wants to take the risk. And once again, you know, it's like the first monkey shot in space. It's, someone's got to step up and give it a shot. And, it. Yeah. And I get it. I don't know. This female's really big. I think she'd be able to pull it off pretty well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and they, I mean, I've thought about trying it with my female because uh, 
when my female laid last year, she she was wrapped around him perfectly. And mm-hmm. I, I even gave her a bath, and I'd say for about five days. I didn't see her. I've heard, like, rumors sometimes. People say, oh, they'll wrap up the paper towels and coil them. But I'd see her shivering, you know, doing that thermal regulation for about a week afterward. Right. Where I was like, oh, man, maybe she had what it took, mm-hmm. you know, because she was wrapped around them perfectly, did not want to come off. So maybe next time with her, I'll give it a shot. Well, it sounds from talking to Jewlander, you know, the issues we have with the maternal incubation thing seem to be something on our end that we're not doing, you know, in the wild, they do this like naturally, like these things have been doing this for, you know, eons, it's not anything new. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe there's something in, you know, that mom can do that artificial incubation just can't. And he, he's, he's done a study on ball pythons that showed, you know, the babies that came out of maternal incubation were healthier, uh, just in better shape overall and so i was like you know it might be worth a shot because we often hear a lot too in the in you know in mvf and stuff like that that people artificially hatch babies and you know a handful of them just for whatever reason never get off the ground and some of them roll and some of the other ones struggle until they finally hit the you know take off and i wonder if the maternal incubation thing is really going to be uh any better as far as the babies go but like I said, he was Julander was like no one's really no one really tries it because no one really wants to risk the female or the clutch or both, you know. And I get that, but he's he basically kind of said you know it's it's worth trying if you're willing to you know take the risk. So we'll see. I haven't I, I still haven't really decided yet. I'll have the incubator ready regardless. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it could be one of those things you just walk in if she's coiled perfectly, let her do her thing. Yeah, but I would have I have a feeling too, just kind of a theory that we just end up also with a lot of dumber snakes in captivity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe those wild caught females who make it, who can survive till adulthood to actually breed are just a lot stronger genetically than Mm -hmm. every single snake in the hobby. So that's one thing I've thought about a lot. I'm like, I bet we just kind of have sissy, sissy snakes where all of them make it to adulthood. Right. You know, there's, there's no real selection anymore. Nope. So that's been a theory I've had every once in a while. But that's why they're so bad at it. But who knows? I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, and even Harlan kind of said a similar thing. He's like, you know, I'm. He said he was glad that I was thinking about doing it. He said because a lot of people just deep by default are like artificial incubation and nothing else. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, she's a bigger bioc type, so I think if if any any of my snakes were going to be able to handle it as far as females, which. I have her, and then I have another female that I actually don't even know for sure if she's a female or not. That's what she was sold to me as, and I haven't bothered to really check because I don't have plans for her anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm one of those types where I don't have to know. You know, if I end up with yeah. a male, cool. If I end up with a female, awesome. You know, I just, I really genuinely just like keeping the species. So if I have two pairs or, you know, a he- male heavy trio or whatever, like, I don't care. You know, they're just, I, I just like having them to have them. The breeding thing's just kind of the icing on the cake, but. If she was gonna, For if sure. any any of the snakes were gonna do maternal incubation, it'd probably be her. <clears throat> That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. And I mean, right? She's 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 a fresh import, kind of. No, no, no. She's uh. Well, not fresh, but I mean, she's an import. She right? was or an she import. Had she had to be. Um, mm-hmm. I got her from a buddy who had her probably four years before I got her. Um. And he got her when she was small, so, I mean, she's definitely established and just as good as, as anything that's captive bred in terms of 
health and everything else. So. Yeah, dude, maybe she's got what it takes. Because, again, I mean, I have a bunch of pedigree snakes, but I really sometimes think, you know, we make sure the whole clutch survives or as much as we can. And, you know, there's just no selection for those good genes at all. So maybe mm-hmm. she's a fresh import. She's got what it takes, and she's going to be a good mom. Yeah. Well, then Julander kind of... to find out. Julander kind of put the pressure on, and he was like, you know, a lot of people, they, when they, the few people that have done it don't really take that much data as far as what's happening along the way, so we kind of don't know where the, where the hiccups are and why it's not working. So I was like, well, that kind of puts pressure on me, because then now I have to, you know, really pay attention to that kind of stuff and write it down, because I do want to, if I do do it, I want to, you know, I want to take notes of everything and make sure I pass that information along because that's the only way the hobby gets better, you know, is, is sharing the information, not just trying to keep trade secrets, but. Oh yeah, dude, you gotta have a notebook and write everything down. Yeah. I mean, you did that with yours, right? Yep. Yeah. That was one thing. Luckily, um, when I worked at GCC or at the community college where we had a bunch of snakes, since there was a bunch of us working there, that was always a thing because we didn't know who was going to be working with the snakes that day was, write everything down so someone can walk in and knows what's happening. Right. And, you know, I think taking notes and just keeping track of everything is really important. It helps you and it can help other people in the, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are, you know, they want to try it, but like I said, they're scared that A, they're going to lose a female, B, they're going to lose a clutch, or C, everyone's going to, you know, verbally quote-unquote, light them on fire in the groups or something. uh... (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually funny. I think... Someone's got to take the risk. Someone's got to try it out. Well, I actually remember a few... Maybe a month ago, someone someone posted something about maternal incubation. And someone was like, I just don't understand why anyone would do that. You're putting the female at risk. You know, she could die if you do... Internal incubation and my thought was she could die if you breed her like breeding is the most dangerous thing yeah. to do if you're that worried about her just don't breed her you know what i mean if, if that's the ultimate fear you know don't even breed but i don't know i think you gotta go for it and i can't imagine how cool it is to see those little heads come yeah. out yeah eggs i know there's, there's a few people that have tried it and like i said i'm, I'm kind of torn i haven't really made up my mind yet i got a while to to figure it out i guess but Definitely need to get my hands on one of those sim containers. Yeah, I think last year that actually even happened too. I remember some they were sold out, and I think someone just posted on one of the pages like, "Hey, does anyone have extra sim containers?" And of course, some random guys like, "I have fifty. You can yeah. buy some for me." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that might be worth a shot doing. It sounds like it's a pretty regular occurrence. Like they just can't keep up with the demand. All the monitor mm-hmm. guys keep stealing them. No, they work great, and I really like the XL one. That's the one uh, John told me to use, and there's just a lot more space in there, mm-hmm. for sure. And so you Ooh. bred you bred yours last year. Bred them not... last year. Moved this year. Everyone's doing okay so far. Um, and then I'm gonna try again this winter, or well, I guess winter of 2019. Yeah, I the end say. of the year. Yeah. Are you gonna? Yeah, you're. you're obviously not going to do the same pair since you're planning on, you're trying to part with your male, right? Or did you decide to hang on to him? Um, I still have him. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where I am very limited on space. I'm still in school full time, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and I got a pretty cool animal from John that'll be here in a few months. It's like, ooh. But uh, it's just one of those things where if you find the right home, yeah, I'll sell them. But if not, I actually, uh, I sold the Timor pythons a few days ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. How painful <laughs> so was now, that? It was painful, but it's also, it's, I just don't, I mean, they're so cool. I love them, and. Oh, I just know, like, I would want to put them in, like, a 4 by 2 by 2 or mm-hmm. 6 by 2 by 2 eventually. And, like I said, I'm still in school. And at this point in my life, I, I just can't do that. And I don't want to put them in a tub. I don't want to keep them in yeah. a rack here. You know, like, they're so cool. And the females, she's an import. And uh, she's kind of an – she doesn't like me too much. She's a typical <laughs> team one. And she pees everywhere. But the male is a captive born and he is so cool and he has a super blotchy pattern and oh that one really hurt. I was okay with letting go of the female, but the male I was like, oh but <laughs> again I found a good home for him and That's luckily good. I'm keeping him in California, so Yeah, that was, I was local. That seemed like that would be kind of a hard sell, especially locally. Like that's not something that someone in your, you know, your part of the state is just gonna be like, yeah, I'm looking for a pair of Timor. You're like, I'll take them. Oh, it was crazy. They sold faster. I mean, when I put them up for an hour, and I had five people message me. They, wow. I just don't think a lot of people have them. They went so quick, it was mind blowing. I mean, it was <laughs> like when I got those babies from you. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the sold mail, in like twenty minutes. I was like, no shit. I was, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, no, like the male, my male green tree, he's still up. But those Timors were like, boom gone and and then i took him down uh, and one guy just kept on messaging me so he really said he's not gonna sell them and if he does sell them he'll let me know and i can buy him back if i'm in a better place in yeah. a few years so it was cool it works out yeah that's kind of what i did with my cresteds and stuff when i got out of them i you know i had a majority of them went to friends and uh there's one lady in particular that bought most of my collection when i was done and it's she's she's semi-local to me she's not that far up the road so it's nice that if mm-hmm. i for whatever reason, if I decide to get back into them, I have access to, you know, those same genetics right. and stuff I was working with originally. <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. It's like I, I know I probably won't get them back. I mean, maybe I will, but there is something just weirdly nice about like knowing, like, okay, they're only like thirty miles away. Yeah, like they're not. Don't see them. <laughs> They're not in Vermont or something weird like that. Yeah. So I don't know why it comforts me, but it does. So, so that's cool. But, um, but yeah, I think what I'm going to do next year, I'm not sure if it's going to work, um, but I'm going to give, I would have um, a baby from Vita and my Ciroc Kid El Jefe would be four, but mm-hmm. they're just not up to size. I, I really think it's going to, with how I've been feeding them, I really think I'm going to wait till like they're six. Um, so, but I still have that female and I'm going to try the uh, Soul Chain Kid. He'll be three. Um, so I'm not banking on him going, but I'll bet you will. Yeah. Hopefully if, the only thing I thought was like, if he's like his dad's soul train, he'll get the job done. Right yeah. away. So I know three can be a little young. I know some people say, they, uh, some, I think Christian's mentioned that males get it done a lot better at four, but, um, we'll give him a try. We'll see what he does. So how many and... do you have in your collection right now? Like total? Total, I have the um, the El Jefe from Kristen Stewart and James. Mm-hmm. Then I have uh, I have Crazy Train from John Irby. Then I have the one from Vita, uh, the Bladder Temsrea. Then I have the male. He's still here. My female from Keith 
begin being. Yep. I don't know. And then I got four babies left. Okay. And they're rocking and rolling now. Um, yep. Uh, like literally three shed in one day, which was pretty cool. Nice. And uh, yeah, and then I got that one coming from John. So I'm actually, I'm like sad about selling the Timors, but I'm actually really excited because only going to be Condros. I'm right. probably going to get rid of that mail. And I mean, it's all going to be focused on that project mm. where I just want to pl- produce a black Condro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, all I and that's, that's always when it comes down to like downsizing, I have to, I have to kind of tell myself like at the end of the day, what do I really want to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like who is actually non-essential personnel. Uh, and it's, it's like, you know, if I ever want to get back into them, it's these aren't going to be the last, you know, if I end up getting out of beards or something, then like, these aren't going to be the last beards or rat snakes I'll ever see. You know, I can get back into them eventually if I can, you know, I can come back around to that. So <clears throat> I have, it's, it's hard yeah. to keep focused when there's so many cool things out there. I've been thinking about downsizing on some of my stuff. I got some corns and I think my hogs, I might get rid of I'm still kind of deciding I need to get back on track with, with the chondros and stuff. Yeah, there's something just there's something so nice about just being like this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about everything else. I'm tuning it out and just I don't know. It's almost like relaxing. <laughs> it's yeah. Weird. And there's also just something great. I mean, when I had a few more and once you go out of town even for 3 days and there's all this work. I mean, I really I really like having you know, a pretty small group of just stuff that I really like, you know. Yeah. I'd love to get some high yellow stuff one day, but I like them all, man. Everyone's always like, do you like designers or localities more? I'm like, all of them. I think that's the thing with Condros, too. It's like, there's just so many routes in Condros where it's so hard to stay focused. I mean, I really, like, I just, I literally, like I said, I love, like, I love the species. I don't, you know, designers are really nice. I love them. Localities are really nice. I love them. Like, I couldn't decide. I just, you know, I'm just going to keep them. Like, I just enjoy them. It doesn't matter (laughs) if it's a Bioc. It doesn't matter if it's an Aru or any of that stuff. You know, everyone kind of, I think, I feel like Biocs have become kind of like the, uh, Sort of like the, the, the trailer trash of the Chondro world for some reason. But man, they when you when you cross Beox with other stuff, you get you get some really gnarly animals. Oh yeah. I mean and honestly, even just I think you said Justin earlier, some of his Beox. I mean Oh yeah. I think personally for me this year, I was never a huge Beox fan when I first got into it. I really did like, you know, when I started researching localities a few years ago, I was really all about, you know, Suhongs, Jayapura. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know what happened this year, but I think people have been knocking it out of the park with Beox. You're like, oh, Absolutely. my God, look at that thing. You know, so I think, yeah, I think they're the future. Or <laughs> it looks like right now. I mean, they're cool snakes. I mean, you um, Like, my female is pretty trustworthy for the most part. My male, as you know, is just a complete ass. Um my two younger ones that are Beox, they're I think they're they're not necessarily temperamental. I think they're just in food mode pretty much constantly. Like if it moves, it's something to eat. So I don't I don't really fault them there. But you know, like my adult male, he's just he's pure hatred. There's <laughs> nothing to do with food. He's just he just does not like me. <clears throat> but then I have that yeah, baby I... from you. That's kind mm-hmm. of feisty. That's also a food thing. And then I have that other female that was sold to me as an aru i think she's a, a cross uh yeah but she's completely mellow she doesn't she doesn't try to come at me or anything like that so. isn't that nice isn't that beautiful <laughs> like oh. yeah i can actually hold it 
But damn, you're at like 90% Beox, huh? Yeah. Or Beox crosses. That's cool. But that's, you know, they're the... All of them are in, like all my Beox have to be imports. There's none of them are captive bred, um, and I don't know, like the you know you you can buy them cheap, and I don't see there's anything wrong with that. I actually kind of like the the buying it and not knowing what it what it's gonna be and what, how it's gonna turn out. You know, it could just be your run of the mill Beox, which is still a gorgeous snake, or you mm-hmm. know you could get something that's really like not expected and kind of like the the red one I have now that's in the middle of changing is really retaining a lot of yellow and I'm, I'm wondering if it's gonna keep that that going but i don't know i don't mind imports um no import yeah imports are awesome i mean <clears throat> again for me at this point it's just space 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 mm-hmm. and i don't have it and you know <laughs> <laughs> everyone like feels that on just, some level yep and i just gotta focus in on this project you know <laughs> gotta make some crazy babies but um yeah they're amazing there's some cool ones out there for sure it's just that like i said it's that not knowing you know you get a little yellow or red red neonate and it's like this could end up being something really cool or it could still just be a nice snake like you're not gonna Mm -hmm. lose either way is kind of the appeal yeah no and i mean even it's crazy i think what have i heard someone say I think I once heard uh, Ryan Young say on GTP Keeper, I thought the cool part was that they were green. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, like, a green snake is pretty awesome. And, like, it is crazy, especially a few of my first snakes. Like, um, the first green snake I ever had, I mean, he was, like, a dark forest green. Where, you know, that other male that I have up for sale now, he's lime green. I yeah. mean, it's totally different. So, I don't know. Yeah, there's no such thing as an ugly conjure, in my opinion. Nope. <laughs> Does not exist. Nope. I mean, even the ones that are like that olive, you know, kind of drab are still, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just something about them. Because, I mean, I, I honestly think if they weren't as pretty as they are, like as a species, they probably wouldn't be nearly as popular. Because I, I thought, you know, ball pythons were lazy and that, you know, you never saw them. But these things, I literally think might be lazier than those. Well, that's part of the reason why I honestly like them so much. Because, <laughs> again, I'm in school and like. They are, I tell people, I'm like, they are the perfect college snake. You know when it's going to poop. You don't have to, like, if you're going out of town for a week, you just don't feed it for, like, three weeks before. You're going to be fine. It's not going to shit while you're out of town. Like, I mean, I I had a few ball, it's funny, because I kind of had an opposite story where, you know how a bunch of people have, you know, whatever, they have a bunch of ball pythons, get a chondro, sell everything else, you know? Right. Um, I started off with a green tree, and that was my first snake ever and um swinging for the fences yeah i just read a lot it was cool and it was funny i bought off craigslist some guy was like yeah i'll tell you everything you need to know and um it was funny so i got the green tree and i was like this is awesome and i i would try to get like i got a few ball pythons and i was like this is not as cool as a green tree but sell those (laughs) tried a chameleon you set the yeah you set the bar pretty high though when you start there yeah so it's funny so i kind of would just try to venture out and what i've started to realize over the past two years is just there's nothing as like i like as much as them you know i'll try to like go back but i don't know stick with the roots my my first attempt at keeping chondros was a miserable failure on my part this was oh really yeah it had to be i want to say like 
maybe 2008 or 2007, I bought one from Underground, and it was a Bioc. I kept it in this aquarium that was, like, taller, maybe, like, I don't know, six inches wide, maybe a little longer than that, maybe eight. Had it uh, on uh, cypress mulch, had a live Mm. plant, had a grapevine, had a heat lamp, like... Literally the poster child for the kind of stuff you see in the groups of people who <laughs> buy them from Betco. <clears throat> the what I, locality is it, my conjo post? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just got this at Petco. I just rescued it from Petco. Like, yeah. How was my setup? And it's like literally just start from zero again. Just go back. Oh, and so that lasted oh about a month. I think it had a, a pretty hefty parasite load because it, it just it didn't make it i actually still have it preserved in a jar on my bookshelf somewhere in my room oh really cool. yeah i don't really like yeah. like burying stuff you know I'd, mm-hmm. i yeah, like to kind of preserve it, it and have it there and then it can be appreciated you know i'm all about giving stuff back to nature too but i don't know it's i have a weird outlook on that kind of stuff <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah no I, I for sure got really lucky with mine i think i got like I somehow hit the jackpot and got like this four-year-old male that was probably the most rock-solid snake or rock-solid green tree python. I mean, I think the first day I had it, I like didn't know what I was doing with heat. It was my first snake. I like look at the top perch, read the temperature. It's like 100 degrees sitting like right at the top. Then I like freak out, turn it off. And then I think like it was in the middle of winter and, uh, my girlfriend had cats. I had to hide it at my girlfriend's house because my parents weren't cool with snakes. <laughs> and, and, and the cat unplugged the ceramic heater once I bought one of those. So I couldn't see that it wasn't on. Oh. And it was like at 50 degrees for two days. He didn't. He never skipped a beat. It was totally fine. And then finally, just I bought a thermostat. And it was easy from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Changed my life. Um but yeah, no, it was. I got really lucky. He's still around. I actually, keep in contact with the guy I sold him to, which oh, is pretty that's cool. cool. Uh, yeah, not me. Yeah, it was someone else's first conjo. So I was like, he's awesome. You can't kill him. He's a great first conjo. <laughs> he's made it this far. <laughs> yeah, it was like he's invincible. So he's doing well now. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Well, fast forward like ten years later for me, and I got back into them, and. Uh... That's the male that I have now that hates me, and he he had to be an import. He's he got uh, dewormed when I got him. He got an RI not long after I got him. Uh, the guy that had him before me was keeping him like an absolute moron. He had him in a Sterilite tub, which is fine because I you know I do use those. But he had like Eco Earth in the bottom, but it was literally mud. Like it was so water saturated, it was it was a straight Ugh. swamp. And he, the perch he had was, I don't even remember what it was. It was like some weird PetSmart decor or something. It was really strange. Oh, one of those like bamboo? like No, it was like one of the little like porcelain trees with the little fake leaves. I don't I, It's It was strange. <laughs> oh. I traded a pair of caramel carpets I had for that thing. Cool. I was like, I don't hey, well, he's- yeah, I was like, around. I don't, I don't think this guy's gonna go for it, but hey, you know, I'll try it. And he's like, sure. So I met him and took this guy home, and now he's almost two years later, and we're still here hating me. And he did okay with, cause 
you, you said you treated them for internal parasites like uh, flagell and stuff. Uh, I use uh, fembendazole. Okay, I just cool. used. I went. To, I used the uh, the goat dewormer you get from Tractor Supply. <laughs> Whoa! Holy shit! Wait, pull it back. Pull it back. So you just went and bought goat dewormer, and you just d did it yourself. Oh yeah, I mean, I had my 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 roommate slash vet. Oh yeah. yeah he <laughs> he guided me. I bought it, and I was like, "This will this will work, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, it'll be fine." Cool. And I've used yeah. it, and it works fine. I mean, you can get a bottle of it for. I think like 20 bucks and that is the new one see i have never it's fenbendazole it's the same thing as panicure like it's the same drug they just market it different yeah it's just a different <laughs> brand name that's crazy and i've used it on multiple animals and it works fine it does the job so how did you how did you administer it um i injected it into food injected into the food yeah right into the yeah mice. right into the mice oh cool yeah, and, and that worked well, too, then, huh? Because yep. I actually, I think I, I mentioned to you before the show with one of my snakes, that female, you know, she's bloated. And the vet, because Harlan has also mentioned injecting into the food. Mm -hmm. And um, we're supposed to give him a dose of antibiotics to hopefully get, or give her a dose of antibiotics to get that bloating down. And um, she was like, no, I'm not injecting it into food. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but. So I think she's just going to shoot it down the snake's throat. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but I guess I mean it's like going to the same place regardless, I guess, you know. It's just a yeah, matter I guess of how much true. do you I, want I to stress think... out the snake. Yeah. But I mean, I was just nervous even about just giving the snake any drugs cuz um I used to also work with fish at my old job at the community college mm -hmm. and uh anytime you try to do any type of medical thing if one was sick, it always just died. Yeah. <laughs> like we found the best thing was just put it in a quarantine tank away from everything else, leave it alone, and like in a few months it'll get better than put it back in the main tank. So I've been nervous about trying it, but you said your male was fine, he didn't have any bad reactions with it and nope. rocking and rolling. Nope. And I I got a fecal done and his his parasite load really wasn't anything super heavy, so it didn't really take a whole lot to uh to get that problem taken care of. But cool. I tried it on, uh, I did it on him, and then I had a younger snake, actually the one that was a red neo that I have now. Mm -hmm. um, when it was, when it got a little bit of size to it, I, I did very small dosages uh, per my my vet, uh, as far as yeah. uh, megs per keg uh, and everything. So that worked well for that one too, and I haven't had an issue with that animal since. So. Yeah, you should uh, you should never move. You should hold on to having a vet as a roommate as long as you can, because that's pretty awesome. I mean, I live in a small town, so it's you know it's nothing like you know L.A. or any of those big cities. You know, across town here is about a fifteen minute drive. So, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Tiny old Davis. Yeah, small town. It's great. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. I walk everywhere. I don't need a car. I don't know how people, like, I went to Atlanta back in May, and I was just the whole time we were there, because we were there for, like, a weekend. And I was like, I don't know how people live here, man. This is just, it's too, it's chaos, like, all the time. The traffic and everything. And, of course, I come from a place where we don't have that issue at all. So, to me, it's, like, the end of times and just chaos. And I, you gotta thrive off the chaos. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> you get in the flow. Um, but yeah, this this stuff I use 
Like I said, it's Fenbendazole. It's Safeguard, Dewormer for Goats. 10% Suspension. Not for human use. So if I have worms, this is not what I'll be taking. Damn it. But it's, I mean, it's it works fine. I don't know that people realize like, you can get this from tractor supply company. Like, it's not hard to get. Or any feed and seed is going to have it. Yeah, that's awesome. That, see, that's and it's cheap. It's right hella cheap. As they say in California. It's hella awesome. Yep, up north, up northern California especially. <laughs> hella cheap, hella awesome, hella cool. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like I said, it's the same drug as Panicure. Yeah, and cool. Then, and what about what about later this year? Are you gonna um, try none of those Bioc are gonna be up to size, huh? Are you gonna are you gonna try to maybe put someone with that female? Um, if it actually ends up being a female, yeah, I'd like to. She's she's considerably smaller than my my female, uh, mm -hmm. which makes me wonder if she actually is. I'm kind of waiting for another shed to be able to double check. Actually, no, I think. She shed not long after she came in, and I don't remember seeing plugs, but that also doesn't mean anything. So Yeah, just keep an eye out. I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, she's she's considerably smaller than the Bioc female. Um, I don't know what I'd pair her with. I really have a hunch that this, this bigger male I have is, he's not just all Bioc either. I think he might be a mix of something else as well, but... I think Harlan gets tired of me messaging him and being like, dude, like, hear me out on this. Like, <laughs> look at this stripe going down the back, man. Like, I don't, I've been looking and I don't see any other Beocs that have this stripe that goes all the way down. I don't think it's all Beoc. He's like, no, that's Beoc, man. To me, I mean, I don't know. There's no way to know unless you yeah, bought it from and I mean, that's, yourself. To me, it, it's just a shot in the dark. It's fun again, to like, think about, but whatever. You know, at the end of the day, all you can do is guess. Yeah, true. I mean, I do think there is some validity. I think there's for sure two species, and I, I don't know. I'm not super into locales, but I completely understand not wanting to cross northerns and southerns. Like that makes sense to me. I don't care about Manok versus Jaya. You know, right? That's you know, but yeah, I think I don't know. At the end of the day, it's pretty snake. Exactly. I don't know. There's just, like I said, like that female I have was bought in his Aru. I don't know that it's all Aru, but who knows? That's what it was sold as. Uh, the Whoever bred it was someone named Jason, whether that was Jason Stevens or somebody else or Jason <laughs> Voorhees, who knows? I asked the guy to to look into it and he's like oh yeah i'll dig through my old phone and see what i can find and i never heard back from him so oh well any other conjo purchases in the future think about getting anything um when i'm not poor absolutely yeah man you know you've been uh i see you man you've been bidding on i think i saw you on the auction were you bidding on rhino rat snakes oh yeah yeah, yeah. we got the southeast carpet fest coming up um I'd probably be remiss if I didn't mention that because Ian Bissell will find me and break my knees if I don't mention Southeast Carpet <laughs> Fest coming up on February 9th. Me and Jacob will be there. At first, I wasn't yeah. sure if I was going to make it, but I am going to make it, and I'm so damn stoked. Yeah, you guys are the sponsors now. You have to we be We are. There. We're the silver sponsors. <clears throat> silver, you know. Everyone gets a trophy. What? <laughs> yeah. 
silver gold. It's all good. I mean, I told Ian, I was like, man, we want to help out, but, you know, we don't we don't make a ton of money. Of course, I say that as I have a room full of snakes and half of them are chondros. And I'm like, I don't have a whole lot of money. <laughs> we donated what we could. We said we want to sponsor. Like, we neither of us have anything to put up for auction. And mm-hmm. so I was like, what can we, you know, what can we do? Like, we want to sponsor, but we don't know that we can really afford tent rentals and chair rentals and all that stuff so you know we'll, we'll yeah. help out how we can and he said we can work with that and so we did and now we're a silver sponsor no and when i heard they're donating to like nido virus research i mean i was like fuck yeah that's yeah cool. yeah that you was know? was very cool on there well they're it's nice because they're they're hitting both like their t-shirt sales are all that money's getting donated to us arc and i think currently that's about fourteen hundred dollars Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everything from the auctions is going to go to Nido, which is, that'll be a, a huge help, I hope. I yeah, know. that's so awesome. I don't even know who thought it. Like, that would have never even crossed my mind. That was a genius idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, hell yeah. But, yeah, man, I saw you bidding on rhinos. Come on, dude, Condros. Well, 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 see, that's the problem, man, is there's, like, so much stuff. Like, the laundry list of stuff I want to get into eventually, <laughs> like, between now and the time I die is so ridiculously mm-hmm. long you know like rhino rats have been on my list forever there's a bunch of different uh dart frog species now i want which is a whole nother <laughs> freaking loophole that we're going down um, <laughs> what else like i want more bears rats because i can never have enough those of those cool. um Blue and then chondros and that's kind of it like you know I'd, the hog noses i was excited about they're becoming difficult because they pretty much eat whenever they want to which currently sits at about once every like quarter um oh wow yeah i really want to get into the boiga stuff more i have my female cyania i lost my male and uh it was actually that auction that i was bidding on was a 200 dollars voucher for terry burwell's stuff and he does cyania and he does the rhino rats and all that oh, good he does stuff too? yeah he does a little bit <clears throat> but come on man morelia i know I it's so hard that. and then i have jacob you know over here he's gonna be producing some really nice pop ones and so i'm really gonna try not to try and i'm sure he'll end up giving me one or two of them and then i'll just i won't be able to do anything with them. Just have them yeah no they're but... cool i held my first one a few months ago and i was like mind blown because <laughs> like it was just so much stronger than any chondro I've ever held. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, oh, this thing's like really strong. And I don't know, they're from the same part of the world and she could keep them in the same room, be all good. They're cool. They're cool for sure. Yeah, and so then, you know, I have that going on. I have the brettles going on. Me and Jacob, between mm-hmm. the both of us, I have three of them. He has his female at his house. We got the Damn, Amazons. You have three now? Yeah, yeah, I've got two males and a female. Oh, nice. The male's a pretty decent size. The male's probably pushing five feet, at least. But he's so cool, man. He's so mellow. Those yeah, are, I that's just love the idea. Probably my second love favorite species next to chondros, honestly. They're, they're, Brett and I are just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never worked with them, but everyone says they're indestructible. And just the idea yeah, of like they're tanks. a python, a python you can't kill is so pretty cool much. I I tell people all the time. I was like, if you kill a Brettles, you really, really royally screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like you had to put that thing in the oven, or you had to put it in the freezer in Alaska. Yeah, 
No, it's it's uh it's actually really interesting today. Kind of this is nerdy stuff, but uh, I'm taking an ecology class, and um, we we're talking. They were talking about. Uh, I had to read a paper about what how you can target sp- species or identify species that are going to be more. They're more likely to be affected by like global warming. Yeah, and it pretty much just said like any lowland under the canopy tropical animals are screwed because they have a really no low temperature range that they can handle right and i was like that's exactly my chondros and they're like and as you move farther down in latitude you know the range that they can handle is just huge and i was like bread line yeah, <laughs> just pretty much the whole time and it was it was literally what they were saying was pretty much exactly what happens i mean those chondros can't handle those huge temperature swings and then just go down in latitude bread line just don't not even phased See, I don't know. You know, with chondras, I really think they're they're a lot tougher than we give them credit for. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, after reading, I think they are. after reading Jewlander and Phillips' book, you know, and and realizing just how cool they can be kept, you know, in terms of what they experience in their natural range and stuff like that, it's like, man, we really baby these things because I I really think they're a lot tougher than than we think they are. Oh, I I well, I think for, well, even from that paper, I mean. It was talking about, I mean, I was like, damn, I want to try ambient temperature. Because it literally was saying uh, tropical species are at a continuous, are at a, you know, constant temperature year round, which makes them more vulnerable. They're not used to temperature fluctuation. And I was like, that's the ambient method. Just keep it the same temperature all year round Mm -hmm. and it'll do fine. And, you know, I don't know exactly like the Terry Phillip method. Now, Now school is making me rethink how I keep snakes. It's all bad. <laughs> I, you know, I was kind of surprised that that book was got the the you know the Condra community kind of divided. Oh, you think so? Kind of. I mean, I saw some posts, yeah, uh, you know, comments and stuff in MVF or some of the other groups, uh, and people were like, kind of just waved off the whole thing, and they were like, yeah. Mac- Maxwell's book's the way to go. And it was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. And I actually had someone asking me about Jewlander's book this morning. And she was like, is this worth getting? And I said, absolutely. I said, you know, to me, like, that book was a complete game changer. Like, to me, that book completely rewrote the rules on Condros and how we're keeping them and how we need to pay less attention to, you know, the exact temperatures we need to be keeping them at and, you know, how much uh, are we misting them and that kind of thing. And I told her also... Yeah, I said if you you know if you're gonna get that, get Maxwell's book too, because Maxwell's book still has a ton of information that's still relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's that book has a ton of great info in it. It's not you know outdated or anything like that. Some of it is, but I said if you read both of them, I feel like you cover the spectrum pretty well as far as you know. That's kind of the the two the two worlds sort of come together there as far as the natural history and the captive captive care oh, you know with both i was about of those. to say that's i mean you could get rid of the whole captive care part of the uh justin julianer book to me and that natural history part is would be worth it alone i mean that part was that was my favorite part i mean that was amazing yeah i thought that was so cool and it really does kind of make you think and then it, it's awesome how they do tie it in to the captive part mm-hmm. um i mean the captive part's great but yeah that natural history section was like because i i had a bunch of those papers and reading scientific papers sometimes can be a little like ugh, dry, you know. Yeah. And they just condensed it. And it was great, you know. It was awesome. 
But it's just, it was so surprising. There's just so many people that were like, uh, we've been keeping them the same way like Maxwell has for the last 20 years, and they're doing fine. It's like, yeah, if that works, I mean, that works. Like, that's fine. But to just kind of wave off, like, oh, all this data on where they actually come from and where they're thriving, nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, whatever works. But, yeah, no, it is crazy. Some people don't want to change, but. And, you know, more power to them. If it's working, it's working. True. But to just be like, if someone asks about the book and they're going to be like, eh, you're better off getting Maxwell's, they'd be like, mm, you're actually better off just buying both. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> you're just limiting yourself. Yeah, to be like, I'm not even going to look at it. Yeah, then you're just being ignorant. Because, I mean, you can't argue that, like, Terry Phillips is the man. <laughs> right. Like, you've got to be like, come on. Well, that, I mean, it's like, you. there's, what, three books on Condros right now? There's that one, Maxwell's, and then that one that has, like, the one on uh, Green Trees and Emeralds. Oh, I've never looked at that. It's book. like really, it's like fifty pages long. I think it's it's cool to have, but there's absolutely nothing in there to me that was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. Like this is totally how you should be keeping them. It was just it's a cool book to have on your shelf, but Some by nice Maxwell's pictures. and Julianders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that book. That book's great. I actually looked at it the other day. I've been reading all about it, the ovulation section and all that good stuff. You know, what to expect mm. when you're expecting is basically what it should have been called. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fun times, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. The first ovulation, I was shitting myself. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's, I hope she makes it happen, man. Mm-hmm. She got the... Yeah, for the me serious follicular swelling you know a while back and i was like i sent you the pictures and I was yeah like, this looks promising big to me i mean yeah. maybe maybe it was just the angle but i thought that was the ovulation i was like holy cow yeah the angle had a little bit of a part in it and i was like that kind of makes her look a little bigger than she actually is but they were both doing whatever they were doing i was like i'm not gonna disturb them i'll just take a picture from the other end of the cage have you tried to feed her since then, or just I've all, yeah, thing? you know, I've offered her food two or three times uh, since they've kind of stopped showing interest in each other, and she doesn't she doesn't touch it, which is really strange because usually she just absolutely annihilates food. So, Sounds like a good sign to me. I was and they're not say, interested in each other anymore. Huh? And they're not interested in, in each other anymore. No, no, I actually separated male the other day. He's uh, he's out of oh. there. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it was the ovulation. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any signs of any shed coming or anything like that. So, the swelling went down, and she's kind of back to normal. She's still a little, a little thick, but I think if, like I said, if an ovulation is happening, I'm expecting it to happen within the next two weeks or so. And then it's eggs, and you just gotta cook them, and then the worst time of your life, yeah. eating babies. <laughs> I'm fairly patient when it comes to that. You know. Oh, that was that was hands down probably the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. It was not a joke. I was like, you know how you hear stories like people are like, oh yeah, you know I got really lucky. My first clutch, they all ate. Yeah. And got, I had two eat, and then the other six were just oh, it was an uphill battle. And it was an eight egg clutch total. It was 15 eggs. Um, I built my own incubator, which I, I I lost a few eggs, but it was such a cool learning experience. I mean, 
to actually start to think about how an inc- I would have never thought about how incubators would work mm-hmm. until I actually did that. And they're not even that complicated. But um, what happened to me was I built like a cooler baiter with right. kind of like heat tape at the bottom, then like a bunch of water bottles and a grate and a few fans in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what happened with the heat tape up on the bottom was that in the sim container, I was getting I was getting condensation on the part of the egg crate that was holding the eggs up so i didn't even see it at first but the bo- the bottom of the eggs started getting wet like, oh yeah i was like these look weird and then i sent a picture to someone and they're like the egg crate looks wet and i mean i don't even know how they picked it out because i was like what and then i, I touched it and i'm like it is wet and then i picked up a few of the eggs and they were <laughs> wet on the bo- i just i could not panic back after that what was that I said it was panic it was, yeah, no, I, tr- I try not to panic, but <laughs> if they just did not bounce back. I tried all these different weird things, and then I put them on vermiculite, and uh, they, I put them on vermiculite where I had a bunch of holes so they were getting ventilation, mm-hmm. and they re-plumped up, and I mean, I think I'm going to go vermiculite the whole time uh, next time. Yeah, I really want to try that aquatic plant soil that I was using for crested eggs, man, that I was mm-hmm. telling you about. I really think that stuff would be great for snake eggs. Yeah, and I mean, the cool thing is, again, if you separate the clutch, you can put a few in one egg box on that and a few on the other way, see what happens. It's I mean, just, it's so porous. Like, I never had any issues with eggs molding as far as cresteds go. Granted, you incubate them at room temperature. You don't put them in an incubator. It's literally just set them in there and wait 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never had any eggs get moldy. I never had any eggs go bad. Um, it's It held uh, moisture for ever like i rarely had to actually add any water to it when it did dry out it changes colors completely like you can actually see it's not like perlite where you have to physically touch, touch it, it to see it like this you can tell when it's dry because it's it, they're completely different colors um and like i said it's so porous i think it has a lot more breathability than than other other substrates so i don't know it's where i want to try it out at, at some point whether it's with chondros or something else we'll see yeah, I mean, that's the fun part, you know. I think that's what it's all about, just kind of trying new things and figuring out what's what works for you. I mean, there's definitely some good information to where to start from, but it also is really cool to kind of try your own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think I saw, I think Brian Fisher posted something that he's been feeding one of his lizards only, a nose. And I'm like, oh, I want to raise a baby on the nose and just see what happens you know like yeah that, I have that bug. Next, next clutch i'm doing it and i just want to see if there's any difference you know i don't know it could be fun so i, I think that is the cool part you know first Try chimp out. shot in space first chimp out in space you gotta do it but i you know it's funny when i was talking about the maternal incubation thing too with justin with uh jewlander i told him i was like you know if anyone's in a position to try this it's probably me you know, it, I, if I lose eggs, life goes on. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, if I lose the female, that would not be great. That would suck. But it's not, you know, it's not like I have super expensive chondros that I'm working with, you know, and this isn't like my livelihood. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think I might be in a, a better position than some to actually give it a shot, you know, with the maternal incubation thing and the APS substrate mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I don't know. Who knows? I also might be no. biting off more than I can chew with it being my first time. I think you got to go for it. But 
And I think you're, I mean, I'll agree with you 100%. There is just, like, I love my designer condros, and, but sometimes I do think I'm like, man, I spent so much money on this thing, it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, don't get sick. You know, like, there's no way I'm trying maternal incubation with El Jefe. And that kind of does sometimes take away the fun of it, right? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think if I had, you know, a bunch of imports, I probably would be more willing to try some crazy stuff and maybe learn something new. So that is something I've thought about too. Where I'm like, man, I do myself a disservice here. I think to a degree with chondros, especially people that are kind of new to them and just getting into them, like we care them to death. Like mm-hmm. we worry so much about keeping them exact, you know, within these, these, this box and these parameters that we have to have that we end up overdoing it. And that essentially is what ends up killing the animal. Yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah. And, you know, I heard that years ago. I don't remember who it was. Um, but they, you know, they basically said the best way to keep a chondro is to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Ignore it and never breed it. Yeah. But, but yeah, no. And like I said, with fish, I mean, fish, that was the exact same thing. If, if we had a six fish, you put in a tank when I worked at the school, put in a tank alone and leave it alone, and it would usually heal on its own. Mm-hmm. So I think that is true. And... You know, I think sometimes we think we can control everything. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's just better to let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. My, da- I, my dad had to tell me when I, I hated chameleons. I could never, well, I loved the chameleon, but like people think chondros are tricky or snakes are tricky. Chameleons are yeah, tricky. Yeah, I had some and as a I kid. Was it was a disaster. That. Oh, yeah. My dad was like, you just got to leave that thing alone. It doesn't want to die. Like, yeah. give it what it needs and leave it alone. You know, like, oh, it's not eating this. Or, but when you're a kid, know. man, and you get a chameleon, you just want to play with it. And I didn't realize <laughs> until I was much older that those are not play with me pets. Like, those are not play with me animals. Those are, you know, a lot, oh, like, yeah, a lot like tarantulas and stuff. Like, the less you mess with them, the better. Mm-hmm. And I had a little veil that just was really nasty tempered it was really not friendly i was like these things kind of suck oh really yeah i had a i had a panther and she it was cool because they they for sure had i get why people like them i mean she had her personality she had days where she'd be chill she'd come out go on my hand and then there'd be days where she's like don't even look at me today <laughs> you know you're like okay like i gotta leave you alone today do you so I, you know i really was- like the panthers i just they don't my only thing with chameleons is that just their lifespan isn't that long and it's like it's man, crazy it's, it's like three to five years right yeah but especially with the panthers like you have these gorgeous blue you know red green yellow like you have these really pretty lizards and it's like you breed them but it's like i feel like if you your time is so limited with them i feel like it's kind of hard to almost enjoy them maybe it's just because keeping snakes you know we get spoiled with you know ease of care and longevity and stuff like that but i just it kind of kills me because i wouldn't mind trying to keep panthers but it's like at the same time it's like what's the point you know it's gonna kind of mm-hmm. come and go and that'll be it and i guess i mean that's anything really but yeah that's true but i mean yeah even the crests can last a long time but yeah like oh, yeah. so those panthers they burn out and i don't know i just i like the panther but, but taking care of crickets was oh yeah scary. i don't miss that at all that literally again that was one of those things where i was like i'm gonna try this and then after like three months i was like oh yeah that's why i love chondros <laughs> like, that's why i keep I snakes like, i don't have these cool. problems yeah but, but yeah i mean i don't know that's why they're the best man keep the food in the freezer feed them every few weeks mm-hmm. easy don't snakes spoil us man 
I have mm-hmm. people like I'd I'd love to get into monitors. I'd love to keep some of the dwarf species, but I'm like, that's a lot of food to feed regularly. That's a lot of space <laughs> yep. to commit to. That's a lot of attention to commit to. And, and my uh, first thought too, when yeah. I go, it's a lot of food. It's a lot of shit. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. They're messy. That's, I mean, that's why I can't do colubrids. I mean, I'm like, oh, oh no. my god, you have no idea, man. <laughs> freaking corn snakes and stuff. It's like nonstop. I'm like, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? I literally don't even feed yeah. you this much, and it's like constant. Mm, every what time, yeah. The hell. We had gopher snakes, king snakes. You feed them on Friday, the cage is covered in shit by Sunday. Yep. It was, and then you change it out, and then it's back to being like that on Tuesday. We're back again. So, yeah. Hmm. What else? I do love my, my bear drats, though. They're cool? They're so cool. I don't even know what it is exactly I like about them so much. They're just they're neat snakes. They go through a pretty not... dramatic color change and stuff, too, and pattern change. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with them. Are they are they from North America? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, like Texas and northern Mexico. Cool. Like south uh southwestish Texas if I recall. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's cuz again, my first snake was green trees and that's what I like, but anything from Indo, I just I lose it. I've that's... just I've always liked the small oddball, you know, easy mm-hmm. projects, the you know, the wild caught corns and the uh the beards and the hog noses, but like I said, I'm thinking about downsizing on some of that stuff. Come on, man, focus it in. You I need to. I was having that conversation with myself the other night, and I was like, you know, <laughs> part of me wants to get rid of everything that's not a green tree, and then take that money and get more green trees. Yeah, you got, what you got to do is you got to focus in on the green trees and figure out. What you what what's your favorite and just focus in on that and yeah. only do that. I don't know. It's cool. I want I them all. You, you know, we all want, want them, them all. all. Everyone wants they... them all. Mhm. There's there's a hit list of people that I want to get snakes from. You know, Irby being one of them. He's the man. But I feel like it's all out of my tax bracket. <laughs> just save up. Do the quality, not quantity. Right? Yeah. That was that's what uh But that's my PayPal credits for. That's my overall like sort of plan is I'm gonna have this first clutch. Uh raise up babies for a couple months to a year, decide what I want to hold on to, and then sell whatever's you know, not that. And then take that money, roll it into higher quality animals, and then just kinda keep that pyramid going. Yeah. have it sort of pay for itself and i'm you know i've i've told friends like i'm in absolutely new rush you know i tell jacob all the time i got the rest of my life to, to do this so i'm in yeah, absolutely sure. no hurry yeah and if if chondros have taught me anything that i can apply to life it's patience <laughs> like how important patience is and how like just taking things slow usually can work out so yeah for sure just do it the right way I'm hoping to, if I ever get some money from these guys, I want to get some Bolins. Yeah. That's, that's the dream. That's like, <laughs> one day, when I have my own house, I'm never going to move. I'll just get a pair. 
keep them in that same cage forever see if anything ever happens <laughs> i don't know they're so cool the riverbank zoo here that's up in columbia which is a little upstate uh they have like either i think they have a trio of them cool. man every time i go there i end up staring at those things for like half an hour they're just so cool mm-hmm. so pretty yeah, yeah bullens or i saw bullet either two next one maybe or bullens or i saw uh I saw rough rough scale at the LA Zoo a few months ago for the Ooh. first time in person, and that blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> those are I know those are at the top of Jacob's list right now after Scrubs. There, and cool. I, I mean, you know, if we ended if I ended up getting the cash together, I'd go in with him on a pair of those in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, I mean, it was so cool. I mean, it's literally a brown chondro that bumpy, and I mean, it had the one at the zoo. I don't know if it was the lighting or if I was starstruck. But the blue eyes on yeah. the thing were like, yeah, it was so awesome. And they had it in a cool, it was on some perches climbing around. Oh, it was game over. And that, was that was something I didn't realize until I read Julander's book, too, is that those are the closest relatives to Chondros mm-hmm. out of all the Morelia stuff, which was weird because I never, you know, that was like probably would have been the last species you would have guessed that they would have branched off from, but. I guess from a from a like anatomical standpoint, they look really similar. You know, from a behavioral mm-hmm. standpoint, they seem pretty similar. But it's really neat to see that there's guys out there now that are you know they're becoming more and more. There's more people working with them now than there were you know ten years ago or whatever. So it's nice to see those gaining some traction. <clears throat> yeah, those are awesome. And then since they're related, you know, of course you can breed them together. Yeah, right? hybrids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's the best part, right? <laughs> Call them rough you'll greens. Get ster- you'll get sterile babies, hopefully, huh? <laughs> yeah. What do you? What is your? What is your stance on the hybrid thing? Ooh. Like the carpon, like the carpondros, as far as like the green tree hybrids. I was. It was so when I first started getting them, I was like, "Wow, that's badass! I want one." And then, um, and then I read an article. I think it was for National Geographic, and it was just talking about cat hybrids and uh, like big cat hybrids that are, like people like have ligers, know, in, like, Miami. Yeah, and it was an article talking about just how terrible they are. They do nothing for conservation. Usually, the animals end up with all these weird health problems once they're old, mm-hmm. and it's just it's terrible for the animal usually too, you know. And it, it was just telling talking about how useless and bad it is, and then I was kind of against them, and then. I uh I listened to I think what's a selective scales yeah Tony Tony Jerome Tony he was on um I think he was on Port City Pythons mm-hmm. and he was just so psyched about him and you know I think he was doing them the right way and I was like okay that's pretty cool you know what I mean and he was the way he was doing where he's picking cool snakes I was like okay I respect the shit out of that like you know that's badass uh it wasn't just like oh I got this carpet that I got at Petco and I got you know so. I think I think everyone should do what they do, and I think if if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're just trying mm-hmm. to do something awesome. Then hell yeah, go for it. I don't know if I'd ever do it. I thought about it. I've been like, oh, maybe if I got one, but I don't think I'm ever gonna do it. I don't think I'm ever gonna have room for carpets or anything like that. Yeah, I don't even know what I would go with it. Me and Jacob have talked about them, and I'm like, I don't have an issue with them. You know, I appreciate them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Billy Hunt at Uwabami Reptiles produced some really nice carpondros. They yeah. might even be jag ponders. I don't remember, but those things look friggin' cool. 
Mm-hmm. Those, those were amazing, actually. Now that yeah. You saw those two. And, like, yeah, like, that's cool. And, again, like, there, there's no way they're going back in the wild. And I know people are scared. What are they going to become? But I See, don't know. my I mean, issue is is when you start getting further down the line where someone bred that Carpondro or whatever else to another Chondro, and so that sort of Carpondro phenotype gets kind of harder and harder to pick out. And just that kind of stuff being bred in and not being really documented, especially with... It's more of an issue with carbapythons than it is green trees because it's going to be fairly obvious you mm-hmm. know, what you bred a Carpondro to a green tree. You know, But with carbapythons... You know, if you're going for purity, that that's very likely those lines are eventually probably going to get blurred, and that's kind of where I have the issue is, you know, just making sure that that's being kept track, you know, being being tracked in the lineage, and that it's you know made known. With yeah, the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think with green trees would be an issue. I think if anyone had like an eighty-seven percent green tree carpet, they'd be like, "Look at my eighty-seven percent green tree! I finally did it." Eighty-seven point five percent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think people are going to just be like, oh, I have to hide this so I can sell them. Because, I mean, I think those Carpondros go for a, a pretty decent amount, don't they? I mean, oh, yeah. It's yeah. not, it's I think... not like, what did I see on the, oh, my God. I almost, I, yeah, I was like, ah, when I saw it on King Snake, it was a, they had a, what was it? I think I saw the Scrub Bolins on King Snake originally. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, like, why? Who would buy that? <laughs> you know what kills me with the hybrids is the people that breed the crested geckos to the chihuahuas. Oh, okay. See, I'm not super into the the gecko side of you because of my girlfriend, but that's a big no-no. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, chihuahua geckos are expensive, you know? They go for, mm-hmm. some of them go for a grand. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? That's like breeding a Boellens to, you know, some random cross carpet that you got off craigslist it's like yeah it's like what's the point why would you why would you take a toyota avalon engine and put it in a ferrari (laughs) it's just like why would you like you have an animal that has like a legitimate value you know financially and obviously that's not why we're keeping them but i was just like why would i mean they look cool but it's like if i have a chihua and i spend all that money on chihua I'm not going to mm-hmm. breed it to a crested. Yeah. No, again, like you said, where you've talked to J- uh, Jacob about the, what's it called? About the carpet green tree pi- um, yeah. hybrids. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to breed my <laughs> my my Soul Train kid <laughs> to any carpet. Right, like, right. He's going, you know, he's going to more green trees. Like, with a focus. Like, he's here for a reason. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. But they look cool. I mean, like I said, I appreciate them for what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ended up, yeah. if if Billy ended up getting rid of some of his and they were, you know, if he was practically giving them away, which will never happen, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take one. They're cool. But it's not going to be anything I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I got to go get my hands on one, like, right now. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I don't think I'd ever build a project around trying to reproduce them. Like, I don't know. Seems like it's pretty hard. Again, I know people say they're worried about you know, them muddying the water, but it yeah. really seems like after a few generations, it gets pretty hard to breed them. That's, yeah, and that's what I've heard, too, is they start, like, I think after, like, what, the, like, F1 or F2 generation, it had to be F2, I guess, like, they start having reproductive issues where they're just not fertile, mm-hmm. or something like that, I don't know, but. 
Yeah, and we actually even learned it. Sometimes I actually think um, that might be a weird problem we see. I mean, I'm not saying this is, but it's crossed my mind. There's something called hybrid breakdown that I learned about in school too, where it, it might be F1s, F2s, F3s, F4s do fine. Mm-hmm. But once you start getting these, you know, pretty far generation hybrids. Yeah, there's like a threshold that they cross that. Yeah. yeah. And I've thought, I've, sometimes I've thought when you see those whole clutches of dead in the egg, eggs of conjures, I'm like, is this because, you know. Right. Did, the, did the buck stop species? there? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many generations are away are we from that? So that's one thing I've thought about when I learned about that. But again, that's totally a thought. Designers, I'm not saying that's what's happening at all. Oh, I mean, it's entirely possible. I don't think it's that far of a stretch with some of them. I mean, you think about a lot of these designer lines that have all kind of revolved around each other to some degree over the years, you know, be it, you know, 19 years ago or even longer than that. You know, it's it's entirely possible that a lot of these designer stuff are just kind of hitting the, the genetic ceiling of sorts. But, I mean, that's purely speculation. That's not... Yeah, and, that and that's fact. just a thought on circumstances too. When I, you see the whole dead in the egg clutch, because also there's, I would say there's other lines that are doing great and have no, don't seem to have any end in sight. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I would not say all designers are doomed. There's, they're awesome. <laughs> they're, it's just great. it's something yeah. to think about. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Then up until you know thirty seconds ago, that wasn't really something I had taken into consideration. But it 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 would make sense on paper. You know. Yep, hybrid breakdown. It's a real thing. You have all these half siblings and cousins and and you know inbreeding in reptiles is not really something that rears its head until you know a couple generations in. But yeah, and I mean, and weird thing too. And this is something too. Again, I'm not saying I have designers. I love designers, but um, we we're taking. I was taking an animal behavior class last semester too, and they said, uh, "What's it called?" We we're talking about dispersal in mm-hmm. young animals, and you know, animals where males and females all disperse from a hatch site or where they're born, that's, that's, uh, what's it called? That's, uh, blah, blah, blah. distribution. That's resource. They're, they're, uh, distributing for resources, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want, they don't want to compete for the same resources and that's why they're, uh, right. all moving away. But what, when usually, typically, if you see a species of animal where, say, only the male disperse, opposed to a female or there's just sex-based dispersal that usually is a form of inbreeding avoidance and i was like hey my chondro males cruise all the time and be a lot more mobile yeah my females don't move too much and i was like i wonder if that's kind of one of those weird things that's going on you know and Mm -hmm. it's hard not to link everything to when you're doing an animal science major you i literally link everything to my snakes and again that's 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 what you got you know that's what you have to go by it makes sense i mean that's that's the way it makes it relatable Mm -hmm. and i mean again that's totally a thought i'm not saying that's what's happening but you know sometimes it makes you think and you're like well maybe you shouldn't be breeding sib to sibs all the time yeah (sighs) what else is there any other conjure stuff what kind of incubator are you rocking I got a converted wine cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad has one, huh? Uh, yeah, I have his. He's going to use it for his gray bands. Man, dude, you got it made. You got the dad who's into snakes, the roommate who's yeah. a vet. Well, I got, he's an engineer, too, so he, I helped him build this, but it was literally like when you were a kid and the car was broken down, your dad was literally like, hand me a wrench, 
hand me a screwdriver. <laughs> and you just kind of stood yeah. there arbitrarily like, I'm helping. So. That's the perfect store, man. I'm telling you, you got to get rid of everything. You got all the tools. You got the I bed. Know. You got your dad. And you just got to focus on those chondros. I am very <laughs> lucky. You know, I'm extremely fortunate. Not a lot of people are not lucky enough to have a exotic vet even in their town mm-hmm. so or even the dad when you were like i'm getting mice for my dad he's like what yeah he, he started breeding mice for all his gray bands i was like sweet and i don't have to overpay for him anymore yeah that's so cool do you ever do um i've been thinking about trying to start maybe every once in a while doing some live pre-killed just for again that gut bio. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do that at all? Or have you ever tried that? Um with the bigger mice, like the adult anything above, you know, uh, a fuzzy I have. Mm-hmm. It's I really hate doing it. If you've ever had to kill a rat, it sucks cuz they freaking scream. Oh, that sounds And they terrible. know what's going on and I hate it so much. Doesn't matter how Ooh. many times I do it, I feel like a massive piece of shit. Yeah, no, um, that doesn't seem like my thing. But Fortunately, because my dad has his own mice that he breeds, he also has he uh, we euthanize them with CO two. Like mm-hmm. we have like a gas chamber basically, and that that makes it really quick uh, and humane. About as humane as you know killing something can get. But yeah, uh, I have done that, and then I'll just take them to the house and I'll feed them. You know that a few minutes later, because uh, my parents only live about fifteen minutes away, so. I can usually kill them by the time I get home. They're still fairly warm. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just feed frozen. But, yeah, that's something I've just been really interested in, again, with school. Except for the male chondro that hates me. He wants absolutely nothing to do with frozen thawed still, so I just I feed him live and watch him very so he'll closely. Take, he'll take a chunk out of you any day? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like, he, if I if I offer him anything frozen thawed, he will just nail it like he thinks it's me. But if I put a live, you know, a live adult mouse in there, dude, that thing is gone in no time. Disappears? It's so weird. Like, he will, and I'm thinking it's just a scent thing. So, actually, something I've been meaning to try that I haven't gotten around to yet is taking some of those old shavings that my dad is throwing away from them as mice tubs and taking some of the frozen thawed mice I use and just keeping them in that and making them smell like those live mice, you know, that really strong rodent smell mm-hmm. we've all come to know and love. And I really think that that might get it to work, but I haven't yet to get around to trying it. Let him get hungry. I, you know, I, I don't feed him often. I feed him once a month, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really not big on pumping my my adults of anything you know all the all the small snakes all my small stuff my neonates and stuff like that i feed them weekly um but once they get to a certain size like they hit that adult size i really slow them down because i'm just i'm really not into to pumping them all the time with food and that goes back to the natural history thing uh mm-hmm. you know they're not eating every week in the wild now they're completely seasonal and i'm gonna you know i might try that that food cycling that harlan does that he oh, talked yeah, about on, uh, I don't At know if you listened mine. to that episode or not, but he talked about his process with that, and it makes complete yeah. sense. And Jacob's going to try it with some of his pop ones to see if it makes a difference, too. It worked like clockwork. I mean, I only did it once, but it worked like clockwork. I mean, it was boom, boom, boom. 
it was it was great. I didn't do it as heavy when he was like, I mean, he obviously knows what he's doing. I I was just started eating once a week. I know he said sometimes twice a week. Yeah, I didn't do, I didn't need to do that, but yeah, I just did once a week and for about two months, and then then put the mail in there, and it worked. It worked great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it totally makes sense to me as well. See, I went the route of keep them together and wait until you get an ovulation. Yeah, and I think that's totally fine too. Because I will say, because I remember actually, the, I had the female for about a year and a half, and um, I think it does somewhat happen on an annual rhythm, at least. Yeah, my for sure. Very limited experience where there's for sure a certain time of year where that female kind of like I remember. Um, the first year I got her in winter and I remember I wasn't feeding her cause I had recently gotten her and she looked like she had eaten a rat. She had just got to my house and I was like, well, that's weird. And I actually wrote it down. And then sure enough, a year later, her ovulation, she was building follicles right at the same time. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, whoa, you know, so sometimes I think there is certain that rhythm and I wouldn't be surprised if you just keep on getting the mail in there one day. Yeah. You know, it's bound to happen eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. he's digging he's digging his new tub with his dragonfly perch and everything now from david he's he's hanging out on that thing yeah i want to try those but i also just love the wooden perches once they're like for sure in the tubs awesome but once they're in cages i just love putting them on the natural perches and it's totally for me what wood do you use for those i just go to there was a a parrot shop oh okay yeah yeah a few blocks away from me and they would just sell a bunch of perches. They were way overpriced, but oh, you know, I'm sure. it's like a block away, supporting a local store. They have some really cool birds there, so whatever. And um, yeah, just pick up some perches there. I sand them down. I don't even do. I know some people do. Uh, they like finish them and stuff. Yeah, there's some sort of lacquer they'll use, and then they let it air out. Yeah, I've never had to do that. You know, it's fine. But man, I gotta say, these magnetic perch holders from Brahms. Oh yeah, these things are ridiculous, dude. I literally got in. I think like, cause I just ordered some new cages. I think I ordered like ten. They came in the mail today, so I'm excited. They for are stupid strong. Oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> I was all sad. It was like... a very, it was a little bit of a sad day for me, cause I thought they would be ready to go, and I didn't read closely enough. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, where are the magnets? <laughs> I look closer and it's like order on Amazon. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> well, so I was excited and then it was a shot to the nuts. Yeah, okay. these, man, these things, like, I have to actually, when I have them out, I have to be mindful of where I'm putting my phone if they're on a table because I feel like if I put my phone anywhere near these magnets, my phone's going to fry. Oh, you think so? Dude, these things, yeah, those freaking magnets are no joke. You think they would mess with the thermostat if they're, they're close I'd, to it? Uh, I mean, possibly. It's not something I'd, I'd be willing to try. Oh, but no. it's something to be cognizant of. I mean, they're like that perch isn't going anywhere. When he says those things hold like 18 pounds per magnet, he means it. Like, I could I could bear down on those things pretty pretty good, and they'd still hold... So it's time to start powder feeding. Let's go. 2,000 yeah. grams on there. <laughs> Perfect. Got to get them the same size as my male brettles. Exactly. Eight foot, 32, 38 clutches. 
Yep. It'll be beautiful. Swinging for the fences. First champ shot in the space. So you got an ideal clutch size if you had to pick? You know, I was actually... That was a conversation I was having with a buddy the other day. And I'm actually... Like, if I end up getting a small clutch, I'm actually going to be completely okay with that. Like, I would almost prefer it over a larger clutch. Like, maybe a, maybe a small to medium. Like, definitely not... I don't, you know... 20 eggs or whatever i don't want anything super crazy but if i got a you know a modest conservative clutch i'd be pretty happy with that i mean i'll be happy if i get anything but if i had a choice something yeah i mean manageable I think for I, the first time you know it'll be any babies is awesome right <laughs> i'm taking what i'll what i'll get yeah, man, they were, again, I know I said this earlier, but feeding babies was hands down the most, the hardest thing ever. I'm really it's hoping perfect. that's not going to be an issue with these being the Bioc types, and which are have a pretty good reputation of being fairly easy to start compared to others, but we'll see. If they're anything like their freaking dad, then I am in for a, a nightmare. Oh, good luck, man. Good luck. All, yeah, I had a few. It's all part of the fun. Runners. Yeah, no, it was for sure a good learning. I learned those ba- those babies have taught me more than even my first conjo. Mm-hmm. Like raising those babies has for sure been a huge learning experience, which is good. You know, it's fun. That's what it's all about. Because O'Kane had a oh, he clutch had of cool Beox, ones. and it looked like he didn't have any problems getting them to get going. Well, his are huge. I remember when he posted him feeding a fuzzy, and I was like, oh, my God, because I yeah. think ours hatched at the same time. They're getting massive, man. They were mad. I was like, oh, my God, mine is so tiny. I was, like, a little sad. I felt a little self-conscious. And you know what I was surprised with is with my red Neo, it was small, and then for whatever reason, I talked to Harlan about this, too. Like, within, like, a two-week period, that thing grew so huge, and I texted or I messaged him, and I was like, what the hell's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, when they get to a, you know, they get hit this sort of this size mark. They just they like their growth just turns exponential. And I swear yeah, it was like sure. this thing doubled in size within what seemed like a month. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the yeah, hell? I like I was feeding you fuzzies, and now I'm feeding you like small adult mice. Like what the hell? Oh, that's cool. You just got to skip, skip the hopper stage, dude. It's crazy. Like yeah, like this thing's it's turning it turned into a freaking beast and this little yellow neonate i have now is is isn't far behind it i think it's it's going to be hitting that that spurt here soon too awesome yeah i have all three of my sub adults right now are stuck at that hopper stage and i'm i think maybe i'll have it could take the small mouse but mm-hmm. like i told you she's kind of having those i'm going to try treating her first with some flagell and yeah. see how that goes but yeah, the, the small mouse stage. It makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> That's when they're adults. They grow up so fast. Well, I guess, well, these the ones that I feed, I guess, would, <laughs> would count as hoppers. They'd just be kind of slightly larger than, than your average. Than your average hopper? Uh, not far off, though. Um, it's it, it's just crazy, man. That thing is just... Even Jacob was like, this is the same snake? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, this thing freaking exploded. Awesome. I'm so anxious to see how that one turns out because it's retaining so much yellow right now. I mean, obviously that could change at any moment, but I'm really curious. And I posted that on my Instagram a couple days ago. It's, mm-hmm. it's just it's, it was like a funky yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, so, it's like this, like the 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 face is like a salmon pink, like around the pits and stuff. 
It's really strange. I don't I don't know. And like I said, that was a that one came from from underground. That was an import from somebody local that I bought it from. And that's where he was getting his from at the time. <clears throat> oh yeah, man, that's got some funk. I like rocking it. and rolling now, man. I hope those diamonds stay. Yeah. Damn. So what size what size perch is that on right now? How thick? Um, that one is on I think it's that C P V C. It's that that tan colored like true half inch, I think. Oh, it's the half inch? Yeah, but it's not like the regular Schedule 40 PVC. It's, like I said, it's the C PVC, which is, if you're in, like, Lowe's, if you go to the end of, like, the PVC aisle, it's in a separate section. I think it's made, it's, like, it's, it's, I don't know. I actually ordered some more perch holders from Brahms recently, and I got some of the ones just to, I, I got them just to try them to see if they'd work with this, but it's that, uh, supposed to be, like, the, the ones made for the, uh, like, acrylic perches. Oh, is that the solid ones where there's no hole in the middle? Yeah, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. But I messaged him and said, hey, will these work with this CPVC stuff that's like true half inch? And he's like, I don't know. So I bought them just to see if they will. If they don't, I'm sure I'll end up using them at some point anyways. Uh, I don't have any lying around. But yeah, it's it's this bizarre... It's not... Reg- like I said, it's not regular Schedule 40. It's It's something else, but... That's what I have that one on, and that's what I'll be moving the one of the yellow neos I have up to here soon as well. I got one of the uh, he sent me one of those Draco portals. Oh, I are, was setting that up because I've thought about trying that too. It's not bad. Your 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 tracing skills have to be semi decent, which mine are not. <laughs> uh, but man, that thing looks sharp. Like if you get that in a tub with a light on top and stuff, that thing. They're they're nice. They're the build quality. You know, that's the one thing with David's stuff that I'm super impressed with is just the build quality is just awesome on everything. Uh, yeah, when I was going back and forth with keeping the because one of the reasons too with the Timors was caging, and I was like, man, I just bought I'm upgrading all my cages for my conjures right now. It's like, oh, maybe I could do the Draco portal. Definitely worth trying, man. And then I was like, ah, but I just let him go. But I thought if if I was gonna keep them, the Draco port, and what's cool too, again, is I I use UVB with all my adults mm-hmm. or with the two adults, and I like it. Um, so it'd be a cool way to keep like a smaller enclosure without spending all the money on it. Yeah, and that's the kind of the whole point that he has of doing them. You know, they make a tub look good. Mm-hmm. The build, exactly. like I said, the build quality on these is definitely not what you would think it would be. Like they're much heavier, they're much thicker, and they're much sturdier than than what the pictures kind of would would make you think. Um, mm-hmm. I still haven't set anything up in mine yet because I'm waiting for those portrait trolls to come in for me to put in there. Uh, but I, you know, once I do get a snake in there, I'm definitely be posting pictures of it. They just they look so sharp. Cool. Are you gonna use heat tape? Uh, yeah. Or some UVB on there? Are you going to use it on one of those yellow Neos? Probably. The smaller one, yeah. yeah. The, the, the smaller one's due for an upgrade here soon anyways. We're outgrowing the, the 6.5 quart pretty quick. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I got that one when it was tiny, tiny. I've had that one for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Cool. But I'm going to do what I do usually with the, like what I do with my tub now with that red Neo in is I'd have kind of this Steagle does this too, but just take one of those ultra therm pads from reptile basics and tape it to the side. Mm-hmm. And I, I rare, I'd never have an issue with the, uh, with the temperatures getting too hot with those things. I love those ultra therm pads, man. Those things are 
worth their weight in gold. Yeah, I'm totally OCD. I will never have anything hooked up without a thermostat. <laughs> like, I'm just like, ooh, no. Yeah, I mean, with the ZooMed <laughs> stuff and, like, the stuff you can get on the shelf at PetSmart, like, those things are not trustworthy at all. But these RBIs are lower wattage, and, man, they're... I've yet to have mm-hmm. any issues with them, you know, knock on wood, but we'll see. I use them for yeah. everything. I use them for the brettles. I use them for the rat snakes. I use them for the Amazons. I use them for the chondros. That's awesome. No yeah, issues so far. Ready to plug and play, right? You yeah. don't have to do the wiring. Yep, just, <laughs> just plug them in. That's awesome. Plug it in, plug it in. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we're at about an hour and a half. If you're, uh, unless you got anything else. Um, let me think. I'm looking at my snakes right now. Who's your um, favorite? Who's your favorite breeder currently? If you had to pick ooh. one, like someone said, you have five grand to spend on a snake from anyone you could. You 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 could. Who would you buy that ooh. from? If I had five grand. I think okay. <laughs> let's well let's let's bump it up. We'll say ten. I had ten. Oh no. Well, cause see, well maybe cause I, John Irby's holding on to a few that may. I don't know if he'd let go for ten, but I I don't think he's selling anything. If I could steal anyone's collection, I would just steal all those striptease soul train babies <laughs> for sure. But um, but also, oh my god, I have you seen that? That was that's where I was like, you know what? If I buy, because my plan right now is I got one more snake that I'm still paying off, but after that, no more conjos until I hatch some more, and I finish school. Like this is gonna yeah, be my last right. in school. <laughs> I swear, I'm telling you, the last conjo I bought was the Crazy Train Kid in 2017. I almost went all the 2018 of buying any snakes, which I was pretty proud of. <laughs> I tell myself but, that all the time. Like I'm not getting another conjo, and then one comes along. That's a decent price, and I'm like, mm, I can do it. Yeah, if but if um, I'll make know, room. If, have, have you seen uh Claude Clyde clauses that uh that black hair yes. black-headed canary um that all black one? Yeah, I think it's like a seventy-five percent blackhead canary, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh man, that thing is some nuts. Some of those. Yeah, and I just feel like for what I got cooking on over here in my project, like that could be like something really cool to bring in, you know. Um, that or any genetics from the sickness too. For again, for that mm-hmm. my melanistic project. I mean, that's what I'm focused on, trying to do the melanistic stuff. So yeah, I think either some of that offspring from Clyde Claus about or some sickness genes would be cool. Dark horse that Brahms has. Oh, that would be super cool, dude. Mm-hmm. But and again, this I'm also taking a compa- a captive animal class, <laughs> and like I've been thinking about getting all these different locales for outcrossing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one thing we're learning too is like you know domestication really is a process, and you know every time you bring in new wild, in a sense our snakes are evolving and slowly becoming their own species, right? And right. whenever you're domesticating anything, I mean, so. You know, some of my designers, you know, a few of them, you know, are like probably like F3s, F4s. And, you know, while bringing in new blood might be good, it's also just putting you right back. You know, it might be like four steps backwards where, yeah, you know, that's one thing I've started to think about. Like, do I really want to do any outcrossing? Should I only work with, you know, captive stuff and 
that's kind of where I've been going now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. know, there's some of those locales that just throw the weird stuff. You know, the Waminas mm-hmm. are are notorious for Ooh, for throwing yes. some really crazy stuff, and it's just. I don't. I feel like yeah. we're only scratching the surface of of what some of these localities, you know, really true. really end up throwing. It's so interesting. Very true. Yeah. I mean, was that Trace Clark catch some Wominas this year? Mm-hmm. You don't see those anymore. And that one too. I was seriously like, I told myself, no more snakes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you say that every time, and then something else comes <laughs> along, and you're like, well, I'm gonna make an exception. Yeah, or even uh, for the monoquaries. Have you seen the, uh, what is his website? Vitality? Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are cool, too. Yeah. Those things are smoking. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yep. so many temptations. And that's but why, yeah, like, was... you can't decide between the designer and the locality stuff. Because they're, like, they're, it's it's apples to oranges. Like, yeah, they're still a fruit, but they're almost not comparable because they're so, phenotypically, they're worlds apart. Mhm. Yeah, but so just like is, both, my, my mentality. There's just no way I can have all the chondros. I'm just gonna try to focus, stay focused. No matter <laughs> Put the blinders on to everything else. Put the blinders on. And this is what I'm doing until I succeed at that. Until I make like a completely bl- or almost like 90 percent black green tree. Once I do that, then I think about other projects. That's yeah. when I can move <laughs> on. This is my contribution. <laughs> I'm done now. Exactly. Like that's just, I gotta, I gotta stay focused. It's hard, but I think it'll be cool. Because I know, you know, people. I don't. I know people focus on the black. I mean, the blue for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think too many people have just been like, all I'm doing is black chondros. <laughs> It'd be cool. I'm melanistic, so I don't know. We'll see. Clyde also. So, Clyde hatched that. Well, I don't know. You see that baby that he hatched recently? That's like the jet black. Oh my god, yeah, that whole clutch. And like I've I've checked every ridiculous where I'm I'm like, what is the pairing? And I haven't even been able to see the pairings yet. I don't know if I'm just on Facebook at a bad time, but do you even know what the pairing was? Do you know? I don't. I don't. I you know honestly, a couple days ago I left every Condro group except MBF. Woo, you know what? I might go do that today. (laughs) That's a pretty good idea. Cause I just, I just kind of realized like, this is like the one, you know, this is the one everyone's at half the time. Everyone just posts the same thing. And you know, all these six different groups and I'm, you know, I actually deleted Facebook off my phone and stuff too. So mm-hmm. I've been limiting my, my consumption of the, uh, global bullshit, but, uh, yeah, I was like, MVF is where everyone goes. There's no point really in being in these other groups. You know, I think I stayed in like one or two of the classified groups, but even then, no one really posts in those. So, MVF is it for me right now. And yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I'm in that one. Maybe I'll leave all of those in that Boland's Python group, man. That's just like <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> it's inspiring to me. I'm like, one day. <laughs> yeah, I stayed in there. There's like a bear, one Bairds group on Facebook that's like for European keepers. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll stay in this one. There's like, <laughs> there's not a US <laughs> yeah. one. So I was like, okay. This is, you know, someone wants these that's, somewhere. And it's not just me. That's hilarious. People are like, yes, so exotic. <laughs> yeah. That's Meanwhile, awesome. I'm like, man, I gotta know somebody in Texas that can catch me some of these and send them to me. Or even better, you just gotta go catch them yourself. Yep, I thought about. You know, like, it's strange. Really like, Southwest Texas is like a place that's on like one of the top of my like on the list of, of places I want to go. 
It's like that in like Costa Rica. Oh, oh yeah, that would be cool. And it's just because I want to go find gray bands in the wild, and I want to go find bears in the wild. And then my favorite cigar company, which is Roma Craft, shout out to Roma Craft Tobacco. Their headquarters in, is in Austin, so I'd love that's like the perfect trip. Yeah, and then you can just fly to Costa Rica right from there. Hey, yep. Drive through Mexico oh, oh. if I'm feeling dangerous. <laughs> Drive away. I've been to Mexico. It's not that bad. That's not what I've heard. Oh, I've been a few times. I've it's heard great. that place can be rough. Uh, just go looking for trouble. But if you go out, I mean, uh, my old school actually had a, what's it called? A field station in Baja, California. We just drove the whole way. And it hmm. was uh, it's awesome. So I've heard, like, out there. There's cool. some spots in Mexico that, like, of course, the, the, the U.S., media makes it seem like it's just a complete free-for-all and that the cartel's like waiting in the trees like predator to come and get you <laughs> white people <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're here tourists they got money yeah get them but like no. mexico and then a lot of the central american countries are like if you see somebody on the side of the road don't stop just keep going because it's probably a trap like they just make it seem like it like don't leave your front door <laughs> yeah you get abducted mean... and held for ransom yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I never maybe anything like that. Ray Morgan can probably elaborate on that since he lives in Costa Rica. But yeah, see, Costa Rica is supposed to be awesome. I've never heard anything even remotely like that about Costa. There's Rica, a lot of expats but... there. A lot of people, re- like There's... a lot of a lot of Americans, retire and go live down there. Mhm. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it's like anywhere. I'm sure if you go out looking for trouble, oh yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll find it. Trouble can find you. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I want to go down there to look for snakes, and I want to find dart frogs, and there's just, that's just, that's such a cool place, and it sounds like it's a really, like a really good spot to go herping and doing one of those eco tours or whatever it is they do, and so that in Texas, and that's the funny thing, when we were on NPR, me and Jake, they were like, what's like the one place you want to go herping, and I'm like, Texas, and they're like, really? (laughs) Like, of all the places you got to pick, you're going to pick Texas, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. Hey, man. It is what it that's is. That's definitely achievable. You know what I mean? Right, and it's probably a hell of a lot cheaper than flying to Australia or something else. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really want to just, like, I need to one day in my life, uh, what's it called? I want to go to Africa during, the, like, the Great Migration and just, like, watch a, a, a crocodile just take down a little <laughs> like I, that's always my favorite part of any animal documentary i'm like oh my god <laughs> so if i saw that in person i don't know my head would probably explode <laughs> like i don't know That'd you'd be, be cool. like steve Irwin that one time he went to the he went to the nile i think he was in like uh where was he i don't know kenya maybe or something and he was like right there like in a sandbar in the middle of the river, like watching all those crocodiles tear into that dead hippo. Oh, was he? He yeah, was in the river. He was just like right out. there, just watching them. Like just, I was like, what the? No, no, no. What I would hell? be in a car on the riverbank. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> I would not be in the river. Yeah, he was just he yeah, was no, right no. there in the middle of it, and he was like, "This is so cool." I'm like, okay. yeah, no, but I, I think that would be one of like the craziest things to see ever. Like. I, yeah, I mean, I'd be going to Africa just to look for bush vipers because I'm obsessed with yep. them. Exactly, bush vipers, and then also seeing mountain gorillas. I don't know about that. 
What? Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, those things could mess you up so bad. No, no. <laughs> if that thing punched, like if a male silverback gorilla freaking punched you in the head, I'm pretty sure you'd, you'd have a, you'd, oh, you'd die, die but, instantly. But, but I think they're habituated. I think they're all controlled. There's like a little national park. I don't know. Just watch them afar. I saw I that movie know. Congo, man. I know how this is going down, all right? <laughs> There's going to be the laser gun with the diamonds and the volcano. And the gorillas are going to, like, terrorize your campsite and just destroy Planet everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Situation? Oh, I don't know. And everyone's pretty friendly. They're all pretty friendly. Uh, what's it called? I've swum with the, what's it called? They call them the beach masters. The, uh, oh. the, like, alpha seal. Yeah, yeah. And that thing must have been 700 pounds. And it charged Good us. Because like, we were in the water, and they're like, just don't run away. If it charges you, it's just bluffing. It'll Hell open its no. Mouth. <laughs> and that's exactly what it did. It just I thought it was gonna bite off my friend's hand, but it just turned around at the last second. Still here. Craziest experience of my life. <laughs> and that was when you were in LA? That was when when I was in Mexico, so Oh, I, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone's listening going to lives in California, Glendale Community College has the best marine bio program out there. <laughs> Shout out them and they actually own a field station in baja california where there's like no internet there's no running water they drop off water on the truck and there's you just like go out in nature every day on sea a lines the size of jettas yeah see, the 700 pound beach master you swim with whale sharks every other day that was a life-changing experience for sure um see yeah, i have awesome. a i have a policy like i'm six foot four Oh. I'm like mm-hmm. 297. So if it's bigger than me, I'm not screwing with it. Uh, yeah, and the Beachmaster, like the alpha male, would for sure go for you. Like, nah, it no, no thanks. Crazy, well, so what crazy. happens if you run? Well, if you just stay, if you don't get on land, you're good. If you get on there, because they have like a little island you go out to. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you just stay in the water, they're just going to charge you. You're all fine. But they for sure, because there was another guy on the trip, and he was next to me. He was like, he was the biggest guy on the trip, and that's the one the alpha male hated the most. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you would have a red dot on your head. You'd be like, oh, I mean, God. dude, if I'm on the beach and my shirt's off, they probably think I'm one of them. <laughs> if we're being honest, like, I, if I was spread an eagle on the beach, I'd probably look like one of them. <laughs> Got your flippers on. Your yeah, I can, I can, out. I can understand the confusion. Right on. But if one of those charges at me, I ain't gonna just sit there. I'm probably gonna go. Hey, well, I forgot to ask. So, if you got ten grand, who are you gonna buy? I mean, (sighs) what are you gonna get for Condros? Ooh. Like I said, if Brahms ever gets babies from Dark Horse, yeah, that would be a bad. Those would be up there on the list. Um. course Irby's gonna be on that list but if I have to pick one uh, oh wait no you know I take that back if I have that much money and I'm getting anything it's gonna be from Pedro oh you're just gonna pay to get it exported yep yep. it's coming from Pedro well yeah well played without a doubt 
Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking awesome. He's got yeah. such cool stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I'm how telling do you, you it's, so, it's crazy because it just shows you how, like, just investing in that, or not investing, but just getting one male, I feel like, can totally shape your collection. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can build a collection off one male. And, you know, obviously you have to have cool females, but, you know, that rock-solid male, that can, like, change everything, it mm-hmm. seems like to me. I just see his stuff and it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nothing else, like there's nothing else. There's 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 not another mosaic. No, that's for damn sure. Like that's the one, you know. It's just... And he's cranking those babies out. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Kind of exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm just praying. Need a male like that one day. <laughs> and I didn't. Force Fanning just got something from him. Mm-hmm. It's like what a small male or a small female or something. I forget, but. Oh, I have no clue. I that was another just smoking snake, man. Yeah, the yellow stuff is cool. And, you know, I don't see, I don't think too many people, I don't know, I can't name anyone who's really like, that's their collection. You know what I mean? Will, I Banks, like, Will Banks is really gunning for mustards. Oh, yeah, no, he's killing it. Yeah, he sent me some pictures of the day. I was like, hell yeah. He's working on them. So cool. And they're um, all pretty much, well, are some of the mustard? I don't know too much about the mustard stuff. Are they all? Pure Beoffs, or? Uh, as far as I know. I have no clue. But I'm supposed to buy a vision cage from him at some point, which means I need to make the trek up to his place. Oh, cool. So he's I close really... by? He's about six hours away. Mm. I so keep trying to... I'm trying. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to talk to, uh, <laughs> to Bratz about figuring out a weekend where we can get up there. That'd be a good, yeah, that would be awesome. good spot to shoot a YouTube video and stuff and check out his stuff and... Oh yeah, dude. Make sure to bring a little extra cash because I oh, actually was man. getting one of those kids. I'm gonna have to save <laughs> save myself from myself and <laughs> save me from myself and just not not even bring my wallet. Leave it at home. Yeah. <laughs> leave the debit. Leave card the debit home. card at home. Cancel the Chase app so you can't quick pay. Delete PayPal. <laughs> but you know, hey, if I ever get babies and someone's down to trade condros, like I'm all for trading. Yeah, trading seems really cool to me. Like, that's kind of the way to do it. You know, everyone wins. Yeah, get some new blood. Yep. Get oh, to change dude. it up. But oh, man. Hopefully I'll be having him on here soon. We originally talked about getting him on this week, but he had a, a work thing that had him going out of town, so he wasn't able to, to get on this week, but he's definitely on the list and anxious to get up there and check out his stuff. Ooh. So. Cool, man. Well, so it's uh, gonna be once a week. Is that the plan? That's my plan. Cool. I don't know if it'll work out that way, but it, it, you know, it'll definitely be a regular thing. Hopefully. Um, like I said, I got a little spreadsheet of people I'd like to have on. Uh, I actually need to add the Bartolini's and slash or uh, that one lady that is heading Fish Head Diagnostics. Oh, that'd be cool. Because I'd like to do a Nido episode and really kind of delve into the, like, get a clear explanation of the whole thing and how it, like, because I feel like there's sort of a, a bit of confusion as to how that whole thing, how that whole virus sort of operates and, you know, you talk to Harlan about it and he has his opinions and you talk to other people about it and everyone thinks that it's just, like, the Black Plague and I don't know. I'm, I'm very kind of confused about the whole thing and as far as just... How long it's been around, how severe is it really, you know, and it, there's just, 
I'd like to get some some answers from someone who actually has hands-on experience with the virus itself and what's going on and oh yeah cut sure through the can, red tape can... yep yeah I'm sure they can uh they can shed some light on it anything else I would be saying would be just talking out my ass but <laughs> I know viruses don't pop out of nowhere so it's right. definitely when people say it's new yeah, I know that much about science that that isn't true. No. <laughs> I have a feeling it's been around a long. Oh, time. Oh yeah, you talk to Harlan; he'll say it's been that virus has been around probably longer than we we have as a species. Yeah, so the, the not... one thing too that sometimes I don't know it kind of bothers me a little bit when people are like, "Oh well, you know, look at all these captive chondros now. You guys thought you were so, you know, you guys were they were so much better, but." I'd bet money that they it came from well it came from the wild for sure so I don't know sometimes I think people now think imports are clean and I'm like yeah mm-hmm. well, the whole thing is just so strange because it's like you have animals that carry it and they're completely asymptomatic and then you have animals that do carry it and then all of a sudden you know they're dying and it's like well, what the hell's going on like clearly there's something happening that we aren't picking up on that either determines whether an animal does or does not get killed by it. And so I don't know. I just I'd like to talk, have do an episode on that and kind of get some answers and hopefully help it. You know, have have a show that sort of explains it better for people, and so they, you know, there's less confusion about it. That'd be cool. I'm planning. That's one of my goals too with the Timors. I'm getting. I'm testing them all. I just ordered a few. That baby came up negative, which was cool. The mm-hmm. one that died. I was, I was shitting bricks for a second. I was like, oh my god, it's dead, it's Nido. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it, was, it wasn't Nido, which was cool. <laughs> but, you know, um, but yeah, that's one of my goals this year, too. I'm going to clear everything. I think they're all good. No one got the sniffles with the move. Never had an RI over here. But as people have said, you can have animals that have no signs. Yep. But. Luckily, I've gotten most things, almost all of them as babies. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps a little bit, too. Yeah. But only one way to find out, right? Yep. I also wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is, again, I don't know, maybe totally talking out my ass. <laughs> no one quote me, please. But it also, I would be surprised if there's, like, several strains. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it does seem like some people have some that don't affect any of their animals until later. And then it's, there's those ones that just gone everyone died well you also have like the ball pythons and stuff that got affected by it too i'd be curious to see if that was a a strain that was semi-novel to to just those yeah because i mean i don't know like you said it's weird how some some people have them they never even notice i think Mm. buddy buscemi when he said he had his has never even had an ri ever yeah yeah and it's like "Hmm, that's weird (laughs) you know but that's kind of the confusing thing to me is like if you have a snake that's not showing signs of it and isn't having any problems you know, does it necessarily have to be on like disaster lockdown now with everything else, even though it's, you know, likely had this for years and it hasn't had any issues. So it's like, at what point are we saying like this snake has to be separated? The snake is a legitimate threat to the rest of your snakes, you know? And I think that's probably an answer that they don't have yet until they, they really kind of do more looking into the, the actual virus itself and the research on if there's genetic markers that kind of determine which way it goes and, this, that, and the other, and I really hope the the Carpet Fest auction really helps out with that. So, we'll I was see. about to I say think... shout out Carpet Fest. Yeah, only uh, only time will tell, but I'm hoping we get more more answers to all these questions we have in the near yeah. future. 
I'm definitely not selling all my green trees, though. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It, it didn't scare me. I was like, oh, okay, I'm still keeping them all. <laughs> no one's going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. They're all good. Cool. Well, man, I have some chemistry homework I need to get cracking on. Yeah, it's 1 a.m. here. I'm beat. Holy shit. So, wait. Oh, yeah, there's three hours ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're three hours ahead of you. That's why, man, I love having West Coast guests because it's like... I get off at 8 o'clock, and I'm like, crap, I gotta get home and get everything set up, and then I'm like, wait, it's only 5 o'clock there. I have, like, plenty <laughs> like, of time yeah. to do stuff. And, um, I was like, you got time, man, chill. Yeah, that worked out, because like, yeah. I'm always, like, every time we do the, sh- the you know, THP shows, I'm like, oh, man, I get off at 9, like, I gotta run home, get everything set up, get everything ready, you know, take a piss, get some water to drink, like, and Bross <laughs> no is just sitting there on his phone hanging out, and I'm like, look, bitch, like, get to work, and start setting stuff up, and... He's like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. Come on, man, you gotta teach him. It, it, no, I mean he does help. I give him credit. He does. <laughs> he he knows like where the the mic stands and stuff go. But as far as like the hooking up the of the electronics and all the wires and stuff, he's like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's okay. That's fine. Just just sit there. Yeah, you set the bar now. I'm expecting a carpet pretty soon <laughs> yeah i you know i was i told him because he was like oh are you cheating on me now and i was like dude if you did a car python co- podcast like i don't care like, I just, <laughs> our pop one cast yeah a papayan cast <laughs> so a papayan my favorite <laughs> and i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure if if he knew how to set all this stuff up and do that he would and if it was you know if he came to me and was like Hey man, if I do a weekly thing where you set this up and you kind of like disappear because you're not going to be on my Popwin show, you know, can you do that? And I'd be like, yeah, man, whatever. What you got to do is be like, yeah, I set you up a papaya cast. And yeah. Get a, get a papaya farmer on there. He feel man, he feels so he's re, he's really regretting that whole thing, and I feel I feel bad because I should have said something, but I was like. I don't, I don't know and it did crack me up even more when harlan got in on that and i was like man everyone's getting it to you like oh no there's no if escaping that's the, if that's the worst thing you've ever said he's fine i mean i've said some way dumber things in my life so that's just a joke it's all good yeah all, all right man all well good. like i said i gotta head out all fun. right man it was we'll definitely get you on again i'm planning i mean i'm I've, like I said, I have my list of people, and I'm planning on having people on kind of on a regular thing just to, you know, like I said, just kind of bullshit and talk chondros because that's what the whole thing's about, and keeping it loose, keeping it casual. Okay. Hey, well, I will definitely be listening to the next ones. I'm excited. And again, thanks for having me on, and uh, have a nice night, man. You too, man. Take it easy. Later. All right, y'all. First episode of ConjoCast, my boy Luke. It's a good episode. Really excited to start doing this. Like I said, it'll be a regular thing. I'm hoping. I have plans for it to be. Uh, Got some cool people to get on here.